0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. At times like this, I'd like to recall some words I once heard somewhere, I'm not sure, might be an old parable or something, but when you walk through, through the rain, hold your head up high, for your dreams to be tossed and blown. I can't, I can't even remember how the words go. I've sort of ruined my own intro there, Oliver. But how are you doing, mate?
1: I'm very well, Jack. How are you? I'm going to walk on through the rain. Good. It's a good start. A bit painful, but
0: okay. How are you going to walk? Are you going to walk alone?
1: Uh, I usually do. It's uh, Getting company is quite difficult these days.
0: I've heard, Well, I've heard... Well, National Radio has heard about your rage walks after Tottenham Games. Was there a race walk (laughs) after this one?
1: Yes, there was. Although I am slightly calmer now. But I wasn't at the time.
0: This Actually, talking about that, this is probably a good opportunity for you to air any dirty laundry the other way, seeing as it's it's so happily volunteered up about you. Any any post-match habits of Rose's that you care to shame her for now?
1: Um... She she was quite upset actually afterwards. she definitely stormed out the room um, and kind of like folded when they scored the winner. So Um, there you go, Rosa. Have that.
0: Smash the gaff up. Yeah, Uh, that's what we'll. uh... Kids'
1: toys taken to (laughs) with a hammer.
0: I mean, I don't blame her though, mate. That was that was that was gutting. Like that was that felt to me that felt. So fucking cruel. It felt horrific to to fight back in the manner that we did, and for that to just happen against them. It's always against them. Just how smug they are. All of it, all of it from you know the fact that Jota should have been sent off to then his celebration, that kind of sitting down. oh, all of it. I, ju- I just wanted to put a foot through the TV. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. It was. Um... I mean, he's just. <laughs> Hard to stomach really, isn't it? You kind of, I went mad when we, when we equalised and we had so many chances throughout the game and hit the post, what, three times and, you, but you still felt actually, this is coming. I, yeah. I felt quite confident in a way. And then, then for it to just be snatched away in seconds was just devastating.
0: Oh, it's funny you say, cause I was saying that to Shah as well as, as we were playing. I was like, we're going to. I think when we got to 3 2 when Sonny did it, I was like, this is one of those afternoons. I think we're going to equalise here. I think we might actually even win it. I've just got this feeling that we might do it. And then when it went 3 3, Richarlison as well, you know, the way it kind of just looped over Alisson, yeah. just going absolutely potty. And I've seen some people like that. Obviously, I know the celebration police is a thing, but Spurs fans doing the. Why is he taking his shirt off and doing the pigeon? It's like, do you. Like, do you. Do you how, do you watch football for? What do you watch it for? You know, yeah. What? Why? Oh, I wonder why Richarlison might celebrate like that at Anfield, his first Premier League goal of the season. I, I do wonder. Like, I've had a fucking day off, but it's the lad cursed, mate. Is he? Because that that is for him as well individually, for Tottenham, for the fans, for Mason, but for Richarlison, that is acutely cruel as well, right? What, what's happened? Because he looks like a mug now as well.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, they showed him afterwards, didn't he, and he was just kind of kind of smirking like it smiling in disbelief after they'd scored. And he must be thinking, what can I do? He must have wanted the ground to swallow him up um is he cursed? We're cursed, so it, I mean, you know, by default, he must be because he's joined this cursed club <laughs> um and and this fixture is the most cursed of all
0: oh, big time, big time.
1: It doesn't matter how well we play. There's literally no point in playing well because it doesn't matter whatever we do. I think, you know, you've seen loads of videos going around beforehand, kind of, retelling just the last few years of how we've managed to lose or, yeah, lose um, in the most spectacular fashion. I still haven't got over that LaSalle miss when they were ours a few years back, which was easier to score than miss and obviously he still did it and then you've just had like the the out of our goal the Sissoko miss sons had misses bergvine Berg, all yeah. Delhi alley i think as
0: well right i think it was it doesn't
1: it, it doesn't it just seems that no matter what we do we always just come away from this fixture with nothing especially up there i you know we've had a few draws at, at ours but have you did just you she,
0: Adam Nathan was talking about it on twitter saying the other thing that's so galling about this fixture is it's a game that we always play really well in. We always yeah. tend to play really fucking well against Liverpool and just getting most occasions get nothing from it. It's such a fucking thankless, miserable game. It really is. Like, I hate it. I hate it. And I, I really have. You, I mean, even still, have you ever watched the Champions League final highlights back? Have you ever done that to yourself?
1: Uh, I've not not in a single sitting. I've obviously seen it. It's cropped up a few times on your timeline and so on. So have caught glimpses, but I've not. And that's usually just the Sissoko handball. I've, I, I literally can't even remember Origi's goal. I couldn't tell you what it was like because I've not seen it since.
0: It was, it, was, it was against, again, it was against the run of play. Like, this This is the thing. Everybody talks about, oh, the, the final was over, whatever. Spurs didn't show up. We did though. We were, we were from what I remember I've watched it once. I felt like it was a kind of like therapy. You know, I was like I cannot after, Was it? Well, after that fucking final, I was I was in such a pit. I was genuinely it really like really fucked me up. Cuz I like Pochettino, I was just like we are going to win this. There's something there's some sort of magic behind this this run to the final that is so un-Tottenham. And so for all this fucking talk about his lemons and all this stuff, whether that's real or not, I don't know. But the, the fact that he's, if he's even imparting this sense of belief that there's something otherworldly happening. And if the players can just get on board with it, and we saw all that, you know, after Man City, them in the changing room, Poch doing the cojones and stuff. <laughs> and I just like, I thought we're definitely going to win it. And I was just, when we didn't, I I couldn't, I just couldn't even compute it stupidly enough. Like, just I just naively was like we are going to win this because we're in this position. We obviously didn't. And I was dwelling on it and I'm dwelling on it now obviously. <laughs> but I just I thought I've got to revisit the final. I just I want to watch it. I want to like lance the boil. I want to exercise the demon. And I did. And I was like we actually created a lot of decent opportunities and we were at them for most of the game. Yeah, okay, you might say the impetus wasn't there for them to chase it, but I still think we were the better team. And it's just, still, isn't it? It's like that. Yeah, this. Like you it's said, just that. Oh,
1: God. Uh, I'm alive to say there's a kind of DNA in a club. I, I don't really believe in that kind of <laughs> mysticism, but you know, it doesn't. It's it's games against Liverpool that really make me question my belief, just because, like you said, it doesn't matter what we do or how well we play. It's always the same. Which just like forfeit the fixture. There's no fucking point.
0: It's funny. Just don't it... turn up. Have a weekend off. And it's fitting, really, that we've played United and Liverpool because they're two. They're two similarly joyless fixtures, but we do just get the rub of it a little bit more often against United than we do with Liverpool. And it's interesting to see that in the same week that we've had that fight back against United. Had a similar fight back against Liverpool, but there's still that cruel sting in the tail with the Liverpool game. It's just, it's so, it, it just that whole thing of Jota, because th- I don't understand the, the, the debate around this. It was a fucking red card for Jota. It was as clear is there, as day. There's actually
1: any debate, apart from, you know, a few kind of zealots and loons? I think my, I saw even Darren Bent saying, and you know, he's he no cheerleader. Us, he
0: detests
1: <laughs> but Even us. he's saying it's a red card. And if he's, you know, in your corner on this matter, then, you know, it it's a red card. I, I don't understand it. I can see, because obviously the ref was the other side. So he may not have seen kind of the full impact of it. Uh, but he obviously saw the foot was up high. I just don't understand why they haven't reviewed it. Well, obviously they do review it, but I don't understand how they've reached that conclusion. Um, I don't know if we've had a apology from Howard Webb. He's probably just got it in his drafts now. Um, but it's mad. I mean, on what on what planet is that not a red card? I
0: don't get it. What's his name, the referee, that we had for, that, for the Liverpool? Oh, God. I, I don't, I don't know. know. We'll look it up now. Hang on. Liverpool Tottenham referee. Because he looks like... Uh yeah okay so is he, he has, the one with the really
1: hairy arms Paul Tierney
0: Paul T- uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's got, has he got hairy arms Let's have a look see on Google is, is uh, Oh yeah he does have quite hairy arms You're right
1: Yeah and he shaved his head this year and I was it took me a while to realise it was him
0: Yeah 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 oh God he has he's got a jumper yeah, he's on got, right. <laughs> He's got a woolly jumper on underneath his refereeing outfit but he um he looks like, do, do you know what he looks like? He looks like the lad at, you know, when everybody was like, when everybody suddenly turns like 13, 14 at school, you've got that one kid that's desperate to act like he's like 45 already. So dresses in like chinos and like a rugby top and things like <laughs> that. More, we'll, more we'll talk down to everybody around them. Like he's somehow older than them, but he's still a kid. He's that already well, he got
1: a John Lewis card, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's that guy. Um, uh, to, to, to sort of wind it back a little bit, talking about Richarlison being cursed and everything. Where are you at with him, mate? Like big, big, expensive signing. He's obviously not showed up, but are you extending him a bit of, you know, benefit of the doubt? It's not been a great season. Conte's not really warm to him at all, or played him in any sort of position that resembles something that would suit his style of play.
1: I think, I think uh, I'm I'm very positive on him. I know the yeah. goals haven't really come. Um, but I think, actually, he's played quite well quite frequently when he has, especially when he's been in his position against United. I know it seemed like he was kind of falling over a lot, and he was causing them so many problems and, you know, really helping us get up the pitch and, and really kind of tussling with them. Um, and a lot of our kind of good attacks were kind of going through him and he yeah. was winning headers and stuff. He's a real nuisance, um, which isn't... Probably what I expected, although I know he's a bit of a shit house, but actually kind of quite physical, and being able to kind of almost play like that back to goal number nine role, that, um, that kind of allowed him to kind of flick on some headers to Kane and stuff, and allow us to start some moves. So um, I think there's real, there's definitely green shoots there. Obviously now he's got his goal, he's starting to kind of get more minutes on the pitch as well. I think kind of towards the tail end of Conte, you know, it was only like. Ten minutes, or at the end, of stuff. You're not going to get any form um, if you're just playing there. And when you do play, you're not in your best position. Um, so Big Mace has obviously given him a bit more, a bit more license to do what he can do. And obviously, he came on against Liverpool, and you know, <laughs> you know, we all had our hearts broken. But you know, he he was good then as well, and his touch looked really tight. He looked really sharp. Um, so yeah, I I think kind of he's had a tough season, but it's been a tough season for the whole squad, um, for a million and one reasons. So I think next year, hopefully we'll be in a much more stable place and we'll see, see more goals and kind of more good performances.
0: He seems like a good kid as well. Doesn't he? good kid. He's a good kid, but he does. He seems like, like a good lad, you know? Yeah.
1: He's a top geezer. Um, You know, obviously he does a lot of his charity work, which is obviously, you know, really nice, but he just seems someone who's quite honest and upfront. Um, He's got a sense of humour. I don't think he takes himself too seriously. Um, And also he's got, he's quite outwardly emotional. Obviously we saw after the, was it Marseille when he scored, he was crying and stuff. Um, Obviously kind of tears of joy and, you know, it was a big moment for him. Um, But you don't see that very often. It's quite refreshing to have someone so... So kind of genuine. I think that's you know a lot of reasons why people really like Jack Grealish, for instance, because he's got that kind of air of authenticity about him, and he seems kind of what you see is what you get, and people really warm to that. And I think Richardson's, although in a, in a slightly different way, but got got that element to him that that makes him a really likable bloke.
0: Breaking down the walls of toxic masculinity, one brick at exactly. a time, Oliver. One brick
1: at a time. <laughs> one terrible tattoo at a time as well.
0: But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I agree with basically everything you've said, mate. I just, I think, I don't know. I don't really, I, I can't spend every single episode talking about Harry Kane leaving, but it's obviously something hanging over us at the moment. Yeah. I, I do feel like Richarlison was bought with one eye on that though, you know? So, and, and and when Kane does go, what I do like about Richarlison, people sort of dig him out for the shithousing and all this type of stuff. And I mean, again, let's not kind of weaponise this stuff, but when there's like active sexual offenders out there playing and that's just kind of glossed over and ignored. The focus on people like Richardson, oh, because he did some keepy uppies on the pitch. Fuck off, man! Like, do you know what I mean? How he's branded as like this. I don't know if you, there's quite a few like couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke stuff about Richardson after the fact. His equaliser meant nothing. That can get I, in the I, fucking bin. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind hearing that for the reason that it shows that he gets under their skin. He, um you know, he's in their mind. Sure. And if he's on the fans' minds, he's going to be on the players' minds too. And I think that means he's having an impact. If, if no one's talking about you, then what are you doing? You're not doing anything. But he's obviously getting up people's noses. and
0: Hated, adored, never ignored. Exactly. That's it. But my point was going to be that if somebody like Kane does go, I'm not saying Richarlison's going to come in and replace the goal threat of Harry Kane. I don't think anybody is ever going to do that. But... What I think Richarlison does do well is know how to knows how to play the game, that the dark arts. Because Harry Kane is a master of the dark arts, we all know that, right? Like, he's a, he's a fantastic footballer, but he knows how to draw fouls. He knows when to go yeah. down and how to go down. And I think Richarlison is similar to that. It's obviously highlighted more because Richarlison's South American, and you know it's easy. You know, they've got of, it in them. Yeah, their exactly, culture, precisely right. But Gerard Kane, all of these lads. Lampard, they all like to take a fucking tumble when it's. Yeah, and,
1: you know? and that's part of the game. And of course it is. Yeah. I, and I think there are kind of Puritans that, you know, detest that sort of thing. I, I love it. I it's, mean, you hate it when it happens to because it's, it's so maddening, game. but it's it's being good at football. It's not just, you know, the is. technical skills, it's the other elements of, you know, managing a game. You know, if you're under pressure and you can get it out to Kane and he can hold up and, and win a, a cheap free kick. Give time to reset, you know, slow the game down a bit, and, and move up the pitch. That that's all key to kind of winning football matches. And I think if you don't have that, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble.
0: In what could have been a perfect day for Brazil's left wing, it was brought down by Brazil's right wing, <sighs> Lucas Moura, with an absolute suicide ball to just give the game. To what you. was he doing? Well, what was he doing? Yep. Yeah, but what was he doing on the pitch, mate? What do we, what do we learn now? As, and oh, I, I do want to. I do want to talk about Ryan Mason, but sort of shelve that for a bit. I do think there's a lot that's positive about what Ryan Mason's doing. However, things like that, what what what's he doing? What what do we, what do we achieve from bringing Lucas Moura onto this? So uh,
1: yeah, I, I think I might be a bit against the grain on this one because uh, obviously a lot of people have been discussing it. Unlike you, unlike you, unlike me. <laughs> it was so late on in the game when he came on, and we were you know he came on when we were still three two down. Um, I know Poro had a really good second half, but he might have just been looking to go, OK, what options have I got? Just one last push, mix things up a little bit uh, and just throw something on in an effort to get a goal. So I think the thinking, there's logic behind it. Now, obviously, I'm sick of the sight of Mora. Um He's just a calamity and, and he's just not been any good for so long. Um, but I think he is a, a more naturally attacking player than... Um, Porro and I think he was brought on to not play at right wing back he was probably just to go get as high up the pitch as you possibly can and try and make something happen um, and within like a minute of him coming on basically we, we'd equalised so in some sense you could say it was a, a master stroke um, but obviously you know seconds later he fucking ruined the whole day didn't he um, so I, I don't criticise it in the sense that we're not, we're not learning anything. I think it was just a kind of, let's just try something to try and get that equaliser. And I don't think it was deeper than that, really. Um, I don't think he's going, oh, maybe, you know, let's see how, how this works out. I think he was just trying to get that goal. Um, and obviously you don't legislate for the fact that someone's going to try and fucking volley a fucking pass back to the goalkeeper from like the halfway line like a div. It's just, it's just thick, isn't it? He's just it's thick.
0: Just, what is he, you know, and he knew it. There's, you could, the thing, I, I, this is just, this must be just a weakness in my nature. But as soon as I saw how dejected he was afterwards, I couldn't help but feel for him on a certain human level. I was just like, fuck him. No, I know I, was... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it, I've just, I've got that, like I say, I've got that weakness in me, that pappiness where I just, yeah. just look at him and I just think, fuck man. I, I, I just, I feel for him in that instance. I, I was, you
1: know, I was genuinely surprised. I suppose I'm not, they'd obviously know it, but I was like, when they were coming over to him and comforting him, I would have been like, don't even get on the fucking bus. You stay here. Yeah. Um,
0: get the fucking national express. Because,
1: home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no excuse for it. There's just no excuse nice. for it. He should have just belted it up the pitch. He's trying to be too clever by half and, and literally just undoes the whole thing. You know, he let his team down.
0: He did. He did.
1: Um and I can understand yeah, obviously that's gonna be individually disappointing for him, but you know, he he, he fucking let everyone down. Um so I've, I never wanna see him again. But in terms of why he was on the pitch in the first place, there is a logic to it. Um and I think instead of throwing on I can't really remember what, if, if Mundal was on the bench it's all even. Um and I know there's been a bit of clamour for him. Um but I think that's that's a big ask in a, in a game of that size. you'd go for more just because he's got experience in big matches, and that's a big ask for a kid to make his debut when you're chasing the game. Still, so,
0: though, baptism of fire, mate. He does, and he looks. Have you any clip you see of that kid? He looks fucking unbelievable. He I've heard he of loves, him before this season, but like,
1: he loves finding the those kind of bending in shots, doesn't he? Around the keeper, yeah. from what I see on all the clips. But you know, hopefully, we are going to see. Players like Mundell and Devine. Um, maybe now, actually, you know, given that season's more or less over. I don't know how I mean, much. Divine,
0: Divine's like 19 now. He's not a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like Just fucking chuck him in. Every Literally everybody, even neutrals, have been going on about how fucking good Alfie Devine is, how he's going to be like one of England's star boys. Just give him a chance. I'm, this is the thing that, this is one of the things I find so But 19 miraculous. is still
1: younger. And, and he looks still quite... Small, doesn't he? He doesn't, does
0: mate. But he—he he sounds like he's got a bit of needle about him as well, though. Do you know? What but I mean? you remember,
1: and, and I know it's not. I'm not saying that he's going to be that. But when Bale was that age, he was a bit spindly, and you know, wasn't. You know, he was quite quick, but he wasn't the beast he was. Well, by the time he no. was like mid twenties, and maybe it's a case of you just need to. You've got all the the technical ability, but you need to have the physical presence before you can really. Because he could just be walloped, couldn't he? He Because he looks about 12. I know he's 19, but he's got a real baby face. Also,
0: when our midfield match is as shit as it is, and it's as uncreative as it is, and you hear we've got this kind of young English Ericsson type player just sat there, festering, getting annoyed because he's not getting opportunities as well. Just fucking give him a go. Just do it. Like, just fucking. I'm I'm just. I'm, I'm bored of cautious FC. I just want to be a bit more to dare us to do, you know, just fucking let's have a go. Let's see some of these young players because it's, it is, that is, that is, and I, I honestly, I, I will go against anybody that says otherwise. It's one of the most exciting things in football is just seeing like young players from the Academy get a chance and oh do yes, something. Well, do it's, it's, I mean? it's
1: all the, it's the kind of unknown, isn't it? Yeah. What comes next in the story? It's the next chapter. It's the, the, Flash new thing and the kind of hidden talent, the expectation of the unknown and all that sort of stuff. So, absolutely. Um, and hopefully, you know, he will he will get some chances. You know, He's, he's our, our club's youngest ever goal scorer, of course. So, Against the mighty Marine.
0: What, was he about 13 and a half, wasn't he, when he scored that? Like? <laughs> Something like that,
1: yeah. yeah. Had to get a letter from his mum to play.
0: <laughs> he forgot his kit, so he had to play in pants. In the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh dear um speaking of like you know pedro Porro, you touched on him there mate i'm gonna put this to you and this is this is a particularly cool question and it's a completely pointless question as well because we do have an obligation to buy but were it an option to buy would you be taking them up on that 45 million pounds or would you be thinking let's give spence a go next year
1: i mean i don't know because i've i've not seen spence play no one has he might be awful. There um, is to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Poro is, is a funny one because um, he looks a bit ropey at, in defence, mm. but he does look quite good going forward and he seems like he's got a bit of bite about him. You know, when he scored against um, United, which is a really good finish, he's running down the, the, the side of the pitch that I was sat on and he's just like to the crowd kind of waving his arms in the air trying to get the crowd going. And I think see a bit more of that. Not not in a kind of Hojbjerg way, you know, but like genuinely, come on, you know. And he looked he looked like he was really up for it. And I, I, I do get the impression he's quite a competitive character. So I've not been as cold on him as, as some have, um, but there's still obviously a few kind of question marks about how good he is, um, especially in the defensive side. And if we're going to be our next manager's more four at the back, oriented then kind of where does he fit in and all that um do, do
0: you know what i think gets me about it mate is that cuz i do think he's he's i mean his finish against manchester united was unbelievable like it was a great goal and there is he has got something exciting about him there's he almost is a bit aaron Lennon-y at times especially when he's in a mm. stride and the way he sort of goes at them i think the thing it just is just annoying about it and he's definitely a victim of this season of Tottenham's kind of squad disarray and Antonio Conte blah 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 all those caveats but it is still annoying isn't it that like we've signed another player for a large amount of money and there's still just a load of what ifs about them it's like couldn't couldn't, couldn't it just been good? you know <laughs> yeah. it's just been
1: like can we just have one that slots in
0: right you know that it's not like oh maybe if maybe if that or maybe if this or oh, but you've got to give him you know to be fair to like why can't he just be like yeah fuck we spent money good money on a good player and he just looks fucking mint you know it's mm. it's just it's it is frustrating isn't it you know and it's he's definitely getting some of the ire for just how bad this season has been because we've signed him and he's supposed to sort of be one of the components to turn things around and well, Antonio Conte's going to cook when he's got Pedro Porro playing for him. Did he? Fuck. Fucking miserable. <laughs> but,
1: um, I mean, he has looked a lot better since Mace has taken over. Um, and uh, I think that's so just because we're... we're Yeah. A part of that might be because we're not playing on the edge of our own box anymore. And we've, you know, decided to kind of move our players up into the opposition's half where these players are a bit more um, effective and you're not being asked to just kind of track your opponent for 90 minutes while having two seconds of the ball for the whole game. Um, And again, we're seeing certain players in, in general, you know, all of a sudden they're passing the ball they can move it quickly even Hoybier, who you know we can maybe discuss he had a few moments where he thought oh shit, he he can actually do some stuff with football he's not just this fucking scarecrow stood in the middle of the pitch um kind of waving his arms around and unable to pass the ball five feet um
0: so, yeah yeah
1: but it's, it's interesting isn't it because we've got we've not changed the system which I think is understandable, but it's all about the intent of how we're playing. And I know obviously we started still conceding a lot of goals. um, And I I think that's not going to be sorted out anytime soon. Um, But the intent of how we're approaching matches now is about moving the ball quickly, going up the pitch, you know, trying to score goals, trying to actually keep possession and create chances, and not just wait for the opponent to make a mistake and and seize on it. And so you kind of realise, yes, the formation we've all got qualms about. It. I don't like the two in midfield, but it it, it still can work as an, an attacking setup. So it just makes you think. Probably was Conte all along.
0: Mm. I mean, let's let's touch on that defence, mate, because. The early stages of, I'll, I'll be honest, when it went to 3-0, I was like, this is another Newcastle. It's going to be another Newcastle again. The fact that the team managed to just cut through us. Another team in the space of a week managed to cut through us in that fashion. Three, what was it, 3-0 up in 15 minutes?
1: Yeah, in, then- I thought it was going to be, I honestly thought we'd lose by double figures. I thought the record defeat right? was on.
0: Like after, Because I was like, we've, we've, t- we've knocked on the door with it with Newcastle and it's happening here now course it's happening here after they've had a pretty shit season as well i mean that it's just that's in a professional sense that is it's despicable it really is like it's there's no excuse for it at all i mean what what has happened to eric dyer i know he's never been like a worldie but he showed for a while that he could be a solid decent enough dependable player He's fucking all over the place, man. Like, and I've, I've the thing is, I've I've caped for him a lot on here. I've stuck up for him in the past, but now I'm I'm completely egg on my face about Eric Dyer. He's been an absolute fucking shambles for the past few weeks. Like in this game in particular, I just thought.
1: Well, all season, really. Yeah, I think just, just
0: get him off the pitch, man. What's he fucking doing? And we give. And I I understand. I really do understand the frustration. I'm normally a bit kind of like roll my eyes at the kind of, like, when people start kicking off about players getting new contracts and all this type of stuff. Because I, I the way I look at it is it's like, there's probably a lot more that goes on to all this type of stuff that people want to take into account, homegrown quota, blah, blah. Although, diet doesn't even count for the homegrown co- quota, so whatever. It, it I just, you know, now I do think, though, I'm like, as if we're giving this fella a new contract. It's so, even just in a in a, in a sense of optics... And whether or not I, if I was being more rational about it, I think, oh, maybe he could be more of a, a squad player or something like that. He he's he knows Tottenham. He's dependable. Whatever. He seems like a, a player that's just totally coasting now because he knows that he has no real competition for his place at all. And it's oh, I, I, he's,
1: he's, Do you think, it's I mean, you say him. that he's coasting. I, I think it's more of a case of it's a player just completely shot of confidence. our whole kind of approach to games was don't make a mistake and wait for them to make a mistake and then it they you know they start making mistakes and they say oh fuck I've made a mistake better not make it and then it just kind of snowballs into the point that even like the most basic things they're fucking up you know Dyer has obviously got limitations but you know he is making mistakes that he wouldn't be making in, in other circumstances and I just feel Yes, he has been very poor. Yes, he should be benched. For who? You know, I mean, look at our options. If we're going to stick with three at the back, you know, is Sanchez going to be any better? Tanganga? I guess maybe you could have Longley and Davies, but you know, they're not. You know, Longley, I'm not sold on at all either. No. Um, and obviously, he is, you know, a senior member of the team, and so it's probably not as easy to drop him as as that although you know you know someone needs to have the kind of strength to do it but i think it's more than it's not just him coasting i think he's just completely and all of them they're just fucking so ingrained into trying not to make mistakes that it's it's going to take a while to iron all that out you yeah, know you, that's probably we fair. need to be in a situation where it's not like you know, do you remember getting Curb Your Enthusiasm, that bit where it's like, don't be afraid to make a mistake. And then the, he hangs the picture up on the wall with the, with the kind of like meme, um, and, it, and it falls down. And then you go, fucking hell. And you go, oh, I guess it works. Um, but the idea being that we do need to have um, the, the scope for players to, to make mistakes. Because if you want to play on the front foot, if you want to play expansive football, you're going to make mistakes. Because you're going to be playing a riskier game,
0: much... and we have
1: to have that element of risk, yeah, it, it, you know, permitted and I not the something that's going to hold you back.
0: I totally agree. But do you, do you not think we're now at a place with somebody like Eric Dyer in particular, where we've seen the mistakes time and time again? That when it happens again, it's just it it has a corrosive effect on somebody like him and probably the players around him. We saw in that. Remember in the All or Nothing, Deli Alley was like calling out Eric Dyer and didn't really want to name him as you know, and it wound up Eric Dyer. You remember that bit in particular when? Yeah, I, I do. Dyer's like name names, name names, because he knows he's talking about him, right? When he's talking about shit, defensive mistakes and stuff. I just wonder if now, like, I, I'm, i I think I've arrived at this place with Dyer, and I'm like, he should probably just go to somewhere like Crystal Palace and be look really good for them. Remember like when like somebody like I don't know, John O'Shea left Manchester United and basically walks into any other Premier League team and looks like a really dependable decent defender because there isn't as much emphasis on every single minutia of every single thing that they do. They are allowed that freedom to make mm. a few more mistakes. There is less pressure on playing for fucking there's a different type of pressure, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not as, you know, as blind to that. I'm not saying that you know everything do, do you know what I mean there's a, there's a there's a certain lens upon teams when you get higher up the pyramid that just
1: that Well you have less scope it. for errors don't right? you? Of course you know, it, You're going uh, to be expected to lose games at Sunderland it's about having someone there to to win you enough to stay up um, but obviously if you lose three, four games in the Premier League it could be your title over and, at, was, and obviously yeah. where United were at the time with john show that, that wasn't Something you can um, live with.
0: Dyer, yeah, know, I
1: do. I think Dyer should go. Um, Burnley I think... come
0: up. They s- spend a bit of money on him. He has a bit of time working under Vincent Company. Probably have yeah. a laugh up there. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it just feels like it's it's run its course now at Tottenham. But I don't think it will have done because by all accounts he's he has signed a new contract. I don't know if you've seen that going around on Twitter. It seems yeah. to be the conspiracy is that we don't want to announce it yet because. It, Everyone will be unhappy about it. But.
1: Um... I mean, there are, you know, like, and you touched on it, there are probably reasons beyond yeah. football, uh, as is often the way with our club, for, for that. Um, I think signing a new contract isn't a, a blocker to, to anyone being sold. And I think there should be not just Eric Dyer, but a lot of departures this year um, because we do have. It's not a case of it just being stale. It's just players that have become... Yeah, I guess it is being stale. And you do just have to refresh your your squad. You can't just have the same people around for so long kind of being prominent members of the team, especially the ones that don't contribute um, overwhelmingly in a positive way. You know, it's different for someone like Son or Kane that even in bad seasons, they're still pulling their weight. Whereas you've got players now like... Sanchez and Dyer, um Lurice. probably Laris. I mean I think Lloris is just going to retire at the end of the season
0: do you not do you not think he'll go down for a nice payday in south of France or something I mean like, oh
1: yeah maybe I suppose that there is that I mean is it Nice's he's got like, club? I don't know I've never been is it Nice um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's Sorry. his like his his club I think is it Lurice? I don't know whatever who cares Um, but I wanted to say as well, Romero, because we're talking about selling players. Where are you at Where are you at with him, mate? Because I'm...
1: Absolutely not. I don't even know why people were thinking this. No, all
0: right, all right. Let, let, let me... That's just...
1: He's obviously head and shoulders our best defender. He is? And yes, he is erratic. But you, so, you so don't erratic. get rid of a player of that quality just because the season's gone badly. But do you um, think... And it's, there, it's there are loads all... of reasons for
0: but it's not just that, though. Like, can you really build with a player? Because I understand this whole argument if he's got a great team around him. Sure. But we're not going to have a great team for some time, I don't think. I'm not saying it's one of these, oh, it's never happening. Oh, I'm not falling into all that bullshit. But I, to me, it's going to be two, three seasons. If we, if we chart Arsenal to where they are now, that's been, what, three seasons of building. So I would say we're at least that kind of distance off now from being a kind of... Proper, what we were a few years ago, being a proper, decent team again. And I'm just, I'm in this kind of place with Romero where I'm like, this kind of, this immaturity that he displays constantly, and it is constant, mate, especially now. Since the chips have been down, he's lost his fucking ass. He really has done. Like, he has not been dependable at all. And People can say all they want about, oh, he was good against Manchester United. He wasn't, though. He was good when the team started playing well again. Like He's never at the fulcrum of that. He just isn't. And there is that part of me that questions whether or not we can build something stable and sustainable with somebody like that who is so partial to just wobbling in the way that he does. Whereas maybe if we can sell him on to somewhere, get some decent money, by two maybe not as good defenders. I'm not debating Romero's ceiling. Romero in that World Cup final was absolutely phenomenal. He was unbelievable. But... We haven't seen that player at all at Tottenham, really.
1: We haven't seen him this season. I think we haven't seen it from a lot of players. My my view on it is that when you have things going badly and they have gone badly and the atmosphere around the club has been so toxic, you just bring out the worst aspects in each Mm. player. Now, in in case of Romero, I think that comes out as petulance and unprofessionalism. In other players, it just means they hide. Yeah, you know. And, and, and they, Boy, and they yeah. just become a shell of themselves. And I, I, I believe that's more of a case here because he has got such a high ceiling. We've seen how good a defender he can be. I just don't think we should be in the business of selling our best players um, when, we're not, when we don't need to. I, I believe we, he could form a, you know, if we get someone else instead of Dyer, in, he could be phenomenal. And he, he reminds me, I was thinking about it, he does remind me a lot of Not Obviously, Alderweireld was a bit more composed and, and, and wasn't rash, but he was probably a bit older when we signed him, I could, I could be wrong on that. But he obviously came into a team that had Vatongan, and they, they formed, you know, had a nice kind of partnership. And I just think if we can manage to get him his Vertonghen, um, he could be just superb.
0: Let's hope so. And I mean, I think the, the the one thing I do want to say here is I'm not in a rush to sell him. I'm I'm not kind. It of, sounds like you are. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of people I'd sooner get out the door than him. But I'm also I, I I'd say I'm firmly in the place now where if it was suddenly Real Madrid want to buy Christian Romero for 60 million pounds this summer, I'd be like, eh, okay, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be devastated about the prospect of it. I wouldn't be.
1: Right. I uh, I, I would. I. I... I would be really disappointed to see him go because I think he could be, you know, the kind of spine of what a future good Tottenham team is if it ever comes, but I'd definitely be part of it.
0: You're never coming on my pod again, mate. You can't, you can't come near right? <laughs> Start mugging me off, yeah? It's not how this Do works. It it's not how this works. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> um let, I tell you what, let's let's stop fucking ragging on our own team anyway. I, I want to. There's somebody in particular who I want to have a go at. Jurgen Klopp. What a what, what an utterly despicable individual he was that afternoon. I felt like I, I, I do think if you know the 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 sting of the Tottenham Liverpool game out of it. I think probably generally speaking, Klopp is probably a decent enough bloke. As a person, I think he's kind of for whatever the expression "the right side of history" means. I think he's probably generally on that, but when he's not at it, when it when the when the when the monster in him comes out, it's some fucking monster. And he was a fucking he was a he was a he was just. Dis- it's
1: just a graceless bellend, isn't it? Oh, it was, oh, He's you know, just can't behave himself. in the
0: fourth official's face, all that shit. After, and the other thing is, as well, after all the Liverpool fans have been squealing the past few weeks about Pep Guardiola celebrating in Simacas' face, they're all now like, oh no, well, apparently the fourth official was rude to Klopp fuck off man like fuck off Like
1: give it a rest
0: and 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 the fact that he has the temerity to tell ryan mason of all people to worry about something else other than fucking the thing about
1: that is yeah exactly i mean that is absolutely bang out of order because of course he's going to be worried about head injuries i mean football in general is really shocking when it comes to head injuries and how it reacts to them and how players are allowed to effectively sub themselves on, even though they look absolutely screwed. I, I was, what, was it the Southampton game? I think it might have been even against Arsenal. I might be wrong on that. And I think Bednarek took a, a blow to the head. And they subbed him off and he looked furious. And I thought, that's probably like the first time I've ever seen that happen. That, you know, a blow to the head, you know, a concussion sub almost has been been used. And I think, you know, given how many head injuries we get, and you know Mason's career—it was ended, you know, from one. His
0: life was nearly yeah. ended,
1: you know. Yeah, you know, just, just just be a bit more, just behave yourself. Um, and the reason I th- I think Klopp has come out and said all this shit is because he realizes that, yeah, you know, although they've won that game, that's a, he's he's seen a lot of problems with that team, hasn't he? You know, Ryan Mason's tricky Lily White's nearly got a point. Um, and that would have been fucking humiliating. Yeah, they're shite.
0: They're shite. And United are shite as well. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, again, I'm not doing this whole like self-flagellating pity party Tottenham thing, but we're not that good at the moment at all. And the fact that we've managed to sort of fight back in that fashion against both of those is not good for them at all. So this, and this is, this is part of the thing for me, you know, all this talk about Harry Kane going to Manchester United. I wouldn't be so sure about doing that, H mate. Like to be honest, like if you want to, it, if in the context of right, if you want to win a Carabao Cup, crack on, right? But you think that's gonna kind of quieten those voices in the dead of night that are wondering why you haven't won a Premier League or a Champions League? So You ain't gonna and, fucking win that at Manchester United. You're just not. Ten, like, ten
1: Hag's a bottler as well. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, he, he, he did it against us. See him against Sevilla the other week. Bottled that. You know.
0: He's got that bottle game, didn't
1: he? Well, you know, they lost. They lost seven nil at Anfield. Yeah. You know, that's not. Yes, they've been a bit more consistent than us this season. That's not exactly fucking but, hard. But that's
0: barely spoken about, is it? Like, really, the fact United got turned over seven nil at Anfield, like, it's disgraceful. But there's yeah. still all this kind of, oh, Ten Hag's building something really positive there. Great, and we heard all that before. What was the other name of that? that lanky twat at Southampton that kept getting beaten 9-0 that people wanted us to have as our manager. You know, that sort of Poundland Klopp. The Hasenhutl.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, like, it's that similar sort of thing of like, oh, yeah, he's really good other than the times he's getting absolutely battered and doesn't know how to do anything about it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know? Like, I don't know. Um, let's let's talk about our, our manager then, Ryan Mason's Tricky Lily Whites, because... Look, it, it's it, I, I said it in the post-match thing. I was like, there is something there, but the overriding feeling at the moment is grief. It's pain. It's horrible to see the team losing that way. However, the fact that we managed to muster that comeback at Anfield and play the way that we did in that second half, and also against Manchester United, albeit on our you know on our home ground, we should have beaten Man United as well. That's. That's a big positive for Mason, man. Like, I know people, I know he's, he's not fashionable. People don't really like the idea of him being in charge, but I've got, you've got to hand it to the lad. Look at, look at what fucking Frank Lampard's doing at Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? If, we, if, yeah. we, if we're we going to pretend like it's all easy, that Mason hasn't had any impact whatsoever, just look at Chelsea. You know, I'm not, I don't know. He's team Mason, mate. It's sort of growing on me. He's growing I, on me a bit. I,
1: I'm in the same camp. Um, I'd like to see Nagelsmann, because I think he is a, a stellar coach that is young enough and ideas are relevant enough and would be quite a good fit for us. But if, it, if Big Mace gets it, I'm more than happy with that. He, the way he spoke about us after the Liverpool game, it it, re- it really made me feel a lot better, actually. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I want from my manager. He was out there fighting for us, you know, not making excuses or you know it's, it's, he he made these comments to you know Five Life or whatever it was about the red card and how he didn't understand it, he wasn't understand and like he was actually fighting for us. Someone that cared about the club and you could kinda of get a feeling that um, this matters to him. And he, what he 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 is not satisfied with Tottenham being you know, a joke. I think he takes that personally, as the meme goes. You know, And I, I do believe if he were to get the job, he would give everything and it would matter to him. And that sort of enthusiasm for Tottenham would rub off on the players. It is obviously a risky one because he's so inexperienced.
0: They're all risky, though, aren't they? Now They're all hard.
1: risky. And then. maybe it's a bold move and it, it, it could be one that... It sets us off on on, on, a, on a lovely journey. And um, Tom made, you know, Tom Foyne's, a friend of ours. Um, I, I, I we're in a group chat. I, I put that those Ryan Mason comments in. He says, I really like this, but why is he not slagging the players off? <laughs> Which really made me giggle. Um, but yeah, just if, if we can't get Nagelsmann. Just give it to Mason. Instead of going for this Arnie Slot fella or some you know, whoever some Bundesliga, was it Glasner we've been linked with? No, 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 or or you know, or worse, even, you know, Brendan Rogers. Don't go for any of those mugs. Just give it to Mason. See what happens. Because I mean, he's he, a person that I, actually he is a, a proper Tottenham lad. He loves the club. He wants it to do well. He is affronted when People seem to take the piss that we're considered a joke. He won't stand for that, and he might be the next best thing. Who knows?
0: Well, that's it. Because I mean, do you think people are a bit too quick to? Because I have seen a lot of the. A lot of people don't even want to entertain this discussion, right? A lot of them are this kind of. Oh well, no, no, no. It can't. It can't be Ryan Mason. But why not? Like, I. I this is this is this is kind of what I put back to that is. Why not? Okay, he's not experienced or or anything like that, but there are still a lot of red flags over Nagelsmann. There just are. It doesn't matter if he's managed by Munich or he's done a good job previously. Like, there are red flags over him. There there, there are. Just because you want Nagelsmann in, not you in particular, just because one wants Nagelsmann in and there's this kind of, I guess, a a, a blue chip-like quality about him, doesn't mean it's going to work out, though. You know? I just I don't really understand why we think we're above the idea of hiring somebody from within. It's worked for years for teams like Ajax and Barcelona, you know? And Mason,
1: exactly. It's, it's always fine for Barcelona. And Mason's also had quite a good education. I mean, whatever we think of Poch and <laughs> Mourinho and Conte, they're obviously very experienced, high-caliber coaches. And he's worked alongside all three of them. Not many people can have said to have done that so he's obviously going to have learn a few things off those guys hopefully not what to do in the latter two um and maybe even all three and not what to do and being a turncoat um but he's he's had a good grounding he's shown himself to be quite innovative and you know take take over a team that bearing in mind we'd lost 6-1 pre like the the, yeah. the game beforehand and he's given, you know, nobody expected us to do anything against United, really. I think a lot of people just thought we were going to get thumped. I offered you a ticket, and you said no, because <laughs> I think you were pretty much of that school of thought. Um, but we, we showed a bit of fight, and we showed a, a different tactical approach. So he is obviously instilling some ideas. You can't turn the ship around overnight. There are, like, deep-rooted problems. But he is addressing some of them immediately. As far as kind of dress rehearsals for a, a permanent job, he, he's doing a pretty good job in my eyes. So let's be it's not, not
0: it's not going to be him though, is it? Let's be
1: honest. Like, it won't. It's it won't be it, it is a massive risk because of the experience side of things. I would like us to see, I would like to see us take that risk though, um, if we can't get Nargosman because. I don't see the the value in in bringing it, someone else in who maybe doesn't have that affection for the club doesn't have the the kind of love the love for the club or the the, the understanding of the we, players We need
0: that again now right Mate, we've had we've had
1: We need some healing.
0: I mean Mourinho I I still I don't think was as bad as people made out but Conte certainly fucking was. But either way the pair of them didn't really have a lot of love for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, and I just I don't want another fucking coach who just throws us under the fucking bus again as soon as it doesn't work out for them because that's all that Antonio Conte's fucking done. I, I'll never, I, I won't accept otherwise. Like, guy was an arsehole, you know, and I'm I'm just very glad he's out the club. Um, but I don't. He's yeah, just, just been quite
1: unpleasant, actually, doesn't he? Yeah. Really. I, I just, I just don't want this. that
0: again. I don't want.
1: Well, I, I don't know how true it is, but someone was telling me that he refused to come back that's why the he was sacked in the end because he he effectively i don't know how true this is, but someone was telling me that that's what that's why it all ended because he just wasn't saying, I'm not coming back to london
0: He just seems like from a lot of the stuff I've heard like the athletic have reported on and everything that it just sounds like he was a generally unpleasant you know kind of person around the club and i don't think he ever wanted to be here really did he he probably just got offered a good wage and thought, "Fuck, I haven't I haven't got another job. I'm going to start getting rusty. Actually, if I don't take this, and it, and we saw his end game always was going to be, whoa, what am I supposed to do? Look at this club; it's a fucking mess, you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's, and I'm sick of that actually, yeah, because bottom. there's
1: never any any sense of responsibility. No, uh, and you know, I, if, if something went wrong and if we had a bad result under Mason, he mm-hmm. would accept responsibility. I, that's just the type of character he is. Sure, he'd probably in private to his players say, "What the hell was that?" or whatever. But he would he would front it up and say, "You know, we I've made a mistake." And you don't, I don't want someone coming out every week saying, "Oh, it's my fault, it's my fault," because that's not a good look. Because uh, it means one, you're losing a lot of games. Um, but th- it's just this kind of this whole idea that Conte somehow wasn't part of the the failure of his team. Yeah. Like, as if he was was completely out of his control. It's like, mate, you're the fucking manager. You're the ones that are coaching these guys. Like, do you not think you've had a part to play? Because it sounds like you don't. And if you don't, what the hell have you been doing?
0: Yeah. And that's what I think, though. When when I've been watching this for the past few games, great fight back and everything, but that's been, let's be honest, that's been mostly about just spirit. That's been about people digging deep. When you actually look at a lot of the players at the moment, I'm just thinking, what the fuck have they been doing for the past few years now they just they don't look like footballers a lot of the time you know they're just knocking a ball about in just so uncleanly and just without purpose it's so we're just so ugly to watch and yeah that that shit falls down to the coaching it really does
1: sometimes i watch teams like brighton i think it's like they're playing a different sport right the way they move the ball quickly, there's players. You're kind of like, oh my god, you can pass like that. How did you see that? There's, and you're just like we don't do anything like that. It's so kind of routine and direct, and there's never, never a great surprise. There's never any flair to us. I think that's the big one, isn't it? Yeah. Even with players like Son and Kane, you know, it's, it's still quite, you know they're obviously brilliant players and they're, they're capable of it and Sons obviously scores some amazing finishes um, but there's never a really kind of incisive pass or a, a player kind of flicking it around the corner in a quick one-two and we're through it's it's very much just blunt and direct and and clinical with the finishing obviously but it, it's, it's kind of sexless it's just so like it is boring <laughs>
0: oh dear oh dear um, I, I don't want to I'm not going to let you go without asking you because at the time of recording yes I listen to BYOB it's brilliant out- <laughs> part of the hussy verse <laughs> yes oh, well yeah that's that's a nice plug for it as well bring your own blockbuster podcast um, I was going to ask you because it's the day of the as you call it and I think it's the perfect name for it the Kumbaya Derby any, uh, any chance that Chelsea put up any sort of a fight for Arsenal oh. or is it the usual <laughs> the usual rollover
1: no, they're just they'll come out with slippers on. Honestly, they're, there's absolutely no chance.
0: Do you know? Cause do you I know what, mate? To be fair to you, it'd be very
1: fucking funny actually, oh, know, course, for the yeah. one time they actually get a result against them when they, when they, when we'd like them to. Um,
0: to. To be fair to you, when I've been losing my ass all season about Arsenal winning the league, you've always been there saying they're not going to win. They like they're not going to win the league. They're not going to win the league. I still like. <sighs> I've still just got that awful feeling, mate. As this season has been disgusting. You know? Like <laughs> this is all we've they, got left now, isn't that it? They might it... do it, but I'm I'm completely a Manchester City fan to the end of the season, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, true blue and all that.
0: Are they bottling it though, mate?
1: Of course they are. What else could you got? Call... I mean, you yeah, okay, you could take into the City result and the Liverpool result. That can happen. You can't say they're not bottling it. Fucking when they're throwing away getting draws at home to Southampton when they're top of the fucking league that's because you've lost your ass
0: Drawing at that's West not because Dan.
1: they're uh, Southampton are some fucking wonderful side they're bottom of the league go, we should know we're fucking shit he, and we go, drew with them
0: I'll, sh- I'll show you what Southampton's form is Southampton's form for the last five loss loss draw loss loss you know that, that tells you all you need to know right yeah right.
1: um so, it would be so funny tonight, though, is not it? Especially, like, Frank Lampard, like, getting his, like, one win in 20 or whatever it is. And it's against them and it, like, completely torpedoes them. But, um, yeah, if they, if they lose tonight, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm going out, I think. That's hitting it. the town. Town, a town. town with a bag of cans. Keep, keep keep the blue flag flying high and all that. I'll be... Voting
0: Tory at the next, oh, the locals yeah. at the general election, all of it. Well, you'd be doing that anyway, weren't you? Mike? Yeah,
1: but, I was going to say, yeah we'd, yeah, we'd discuss that.
0: I I, I just wanted to end on, mate, because, you know, you're you're often quick to say that you are, you know, you get annoyed about Tottenham, but you are hopeful. Where where do you want to see, where do you want to see the club go next season? And where do you think we're capable of going from this? From what we've seen, you know, Mason in the space of a couple of games, it's not right yet. It's not perfect, but we do look like a different type of animal already. Right. So what do you think is possible for Tottenham?
1: It really depends on what the, the hierarchy decide to do. If there is a, a clear out of all the players that have been here too long and we bring in some kind of exciting fresh talent um, or, you know, just, just rejuvenate the squad uh, a great deal, um, it could be really exciting. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get top four. I think that's probably going to be well out of our reach for at least another season but we can set ourselves on the path. And if we can get on that path, there's lots of reasons to get really excited again. Cause you can see, you know, the embryo of something um, forming. So if we do that, I think we could have a, a real kind of palate cleanser of a season next year mm-hmm. uh, and, and actually get really behind it and enjoy ourselves again. Um, even though there'll be some ups and downs. If we start playing some good football and see some, some new talent, I think everyone will be pretty happy. Um, and obviously if we fail to do that and we just kind of insist on trying to squeeze something that's bone dry um, you know we'll just have more of the same unfortunately so I'm, I'm hopeful that um, lessons have been learned and it seems like the club's making kind of noises that things have got to change and I don't know if the Scott Muntz got anything about him but there's obviously going to be a shake-up of like director of football and all that new manager probably so there will be some movement in that front i'd imagine so hopefully they make the right calls and we start moving in a positive direction